Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast, where we give coaches and consultants practical ideas for taking you to the next level in your business and in your life. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. I interview experts who've walked in your shoes and offer real-world experience that you can apply to your own journey. Welcome to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and today I am super excited and delighted to have with me John Nemo. Welcome, John. Oh, so glad to be here. Well, John and I have known each other now for almost four years. I first heard John when I was participating in a webinar series around LinkedIn, and uh, I think there were probably 30 or more speakers, and John is the one who stood out to me. He gave more ideas in his presentation per minute than anybody else, so I was very impressed, and I attended his webinar and signed up for his LinkedIn Riches course right on the spot because I could tell it had valuable information that would serve me well. And since then, I've been involved in his monthly calls, which are always very valuable. And John, I've read both of your books, uh, LinkedIn Riches and uh, Content Marketing Made Easy, which I have the Kindle version, so I can't hold them up, but thank you. For I did a gratuitous, for your listeners, I was doing a gratuitous book flyby for the audio listeners. <laughs> yes, you can get, uh, well, we'll talk to you about how yeah. you get those books a little bit later, but you're going to want to get out paper and pencil and take lots of notes or your uh, iPad or whatever you write on because John talks fast and he's just got so much valuable information. So John, before we jump into specific strategies and suggestions that you have around LinkedIn, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got here. Yeah, great. Thank you for having me. So kind of my story real quickly, I grew up as the son of two English teachers. So literally grew up uh, in a house lined floor to ceiling with books. So storytelling, you know, that whole thing, teaching was just in my DNA and in my blood. And so that led to a career in journalism, working for newspapers, the Associated Press and writing articles, eventually doing public relations, eventually social media for different trade associations. And so back in 2012, like a lot of your listeners, coaches, consultants, solopreneurs, I really had this itch to go out on my own. And so I made this crazy leap, this crazy decision. I had our three young kids at home. My wife was at home taking care of them. I had the job, the safety job, and I quit. I quit and launched my own business uh, with one client and enough money for 30 days. And I had an idea. I had an idea at the time that I could find clients in a kind of unconventional way, especially back then in 2012, which was to use LinkedIn. And I'll get more into that whole story, but basically what that led me to be able to do was start my own business, start finding clients on LinkedIn, and that really evolved into eventually having so much success there that people like you started saying, hey, this is great, teach me what you're doing. You know, Don't just fish for me, teach me how to fish. And so that led to writing a book, LinkedIn Riches, an online course, and then writing more books and more courses on content marketing and webinars. And so what I do today is I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching and then online courses. And I really, my core audience that I focus on is coaches and consultants, anyone who's kind of a solopreneur running their own business. 
in helping them attract and engage and sell to their ideal clients online, but without being sleazy, without being you know heavy-handed, used car salesperson type technique, very much genuine, authentic, true to your personal self, using content, using LinkedIn, and, and I love it, Meredith. This is my favorite thing to do. Well, I know because your enthusiasm on our monthly calls is just very invigorating and motivating <laughs> for all of us. And what I especially appreciate is the specific examples that you give of clients. And one of the things, because I work with so many coaches and consultants as well, they struggle with their LinkedIn profile. You know, how do I make it effective? What does it need to have? And I know that that is something you are an expert in. In fact, I just love your copywriting style. And it's one of the things that caused me to want to work more closely with you because it's conversational. It is genuine. And, and so I see myself as being authentic and wanting to come across as trustworthy. And your approach really resonated with me. So why don't you talk a little bit or a lot about what does it take to create a really effective LinkedIn profile? What are the ingredients? Right. And I think this is so critical, especially if you are a coach or consultant, someone in a high trust industry. I think about if I'm going to give my, put my life in your hands, so to speak, as a coach or consultant, my professional well-being, like I really have to know, like, and trust you. And I can't get that from a resume. And so what 99% of LinkedIn profiles do and, and kind of what the people have been trained to do on LinkedIn is upload it like a resume, right? It's written in the third person. It talks about you like you're, you know, a, a famous athlete or rock star. Like Meredith Bell has done such famous things as, you know, let's say it's, we, we write it in this resume format. And what I try to teach coaches and consultants right away is to flip that upside down and instead make it what I call client facing, which it, it comes from... One of my all-time favorite books, you've heard me talk about it, Meredith, but How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm -hmm. And Dan Carnegie wrote this all the way back in 1936. And I really took this approach on LinkedIn, this one line that stood out to me. He said, your ideal clients, your ideal customers don't care about you. They care about themselves, morning, noon, and after supper. And he said supper because I guess it was the 1930s and that's how you talk back then. But I was like, yeah, that's it. They don't want to read my resume. They don't care about my accolades. The people coming to me for coaching and consulting want to know, how can you fix my problems? How can you help me? Are you someone who understands my world, my industry, my niche? And so what I teach people to do with your LinkedIn profile is instead of being that resume, it's client facing. And here's like one sentence right away you can immediately use as the first line of your profile. And I have a template for this, but the first line is what I do, colon, you say what I do in all capital letters and you say, I help, and then you insert a target audience. I help this audience achieve or get, and then you list some benefits that they want. I help my target audience get these benefits by providing, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching and consulting. And what that does is people immediately pre-qualify. So let's say you want to coach dentists, right? And we'll talk about why the riches are in the niches with LinkedIn, but let's say, I'm a business coach consultant. I want to help dentists. I have a lot of dentists that are looking for business advice. So your LinkedIn profile, the first line would say, I help dentists. And then what are some benefits? I help dentists get more patients, increase revenue, and de you know, uh, improve you know, staff culture by providing you know, dental-specific one-on-one coaching. And then the next line might be, what makes me unique? 
as a former dentist who practiced for 25 years, I know exactly what it takes to run a successful clinic. That's why now as a coach, I help dentists, blah, blah, blah. Like what others say. And then you put in some testimonials. And this is the approach you want to take with LinkedIn. Having a profile that's all about a target niche audience that you serve and preferably one where you have experience. One of the most successful and easy ways to really stand out on LinkedIn as a coach or consultant is, you know, go back to where you've worked previously or areas that you specialized in and go approach those people. If you're a former executive in the healthcare industry and now you're a business coach, go market to healthcare executives. You know, like this is the simple thing is when I first started, I didn't have any, you know, experience as a coach, but I had worked as a marketing guy in different trade associations. And one of the trade associations I worked in was for debt collectors. And so I did public relations for the you know, trade association and social media. And so I knew the industry. I knew debt collectors. I knew they needed PR help, obviously, because <laughs> nobody wants to talk to debt collectors and they're not really popular, uh, you know, but they need business and they're good people and, and they needed help with marketing. So when I went on LinkedIn, when I jumped with that one client and I don't have money for 30 days, I'm like, I need clients fast. I'm going to be a marketing agency but who do I appeal to? And the best advice I got was the riches are in the niches, be a big fish in a small pond. So I reformatted my LinkedIn profile to say debt collection marketing guy, you know, debt collection marketing services. I help debt collectors get more sales, increase revenue and reduce complaints by providing industry specific marketing services, PR advice, and you know, website design or something like that. And what I found Meredith was, now, when a debt collector looked at my profile, when they got an invite, they're like, wow, this guy's all about me. He's walked in my shoes. He's worked in my world. And look, here's all the ways he can help me get what I want. And so at a very high level, that's really what the profile needs to be client facing and to really appeal to a target audience. How do you respond to coaches or consultants who say, but I work across a lot of industries. I'm concerned about limiting myself and limiting my opportunities. How do you respond to that? Yeah, you know, I, I, here's what I would say. If you try to be everything to everyone on LinkedIn, you'll be nothing to nobody. Like you literally, it, we're all self-centered. We're all, I wanna know, Meredith, if I'm hiring someone, do you work with solo business owners? Like I was looking for a tax guy. I, want, I didn't care if you worked with dentists and doctors. and lawyers. I want to know, do you work with internet online business owners, right? So we're all self-centered. And so what you can do as a coach consultant, you can really go all in on LinkedIn for one niche and use other marketing channels for other niches. Use your website, whatever. The other thing I really recommend too is you can list multiple experiences on LinkedIn, multiple jobs, multiple audiences. So one of the things I teach is, if at all possible, focus in on one or two target audiences on the top half of your LinkedIn profile, the summary, the headline. I'm all about helping these one or two audiences with this niche approach. Lower down later on, then you can say, I also help this audience and here's a whole separate listing about that. I also help this audience, here's a separate listing about that. Because what it's gonna do, and the way LinkedIn's evolved over the last, you know, how many ever years is much of the business you're gonna generate on LinkedIn is going to be you reaching out to someone, outbound lead generation. I do a search on LinkedIn, I connect with all these different dentists, I start a you know, relationship, I start engaging, I offer free tips, then they hire me to coach them. I'm using that example. Very, you know, one thing people worry about is, oh, well, what if someone from 
this industry finds me on LinkedIn and sees I'm niched for dentists. Oh no, like that's such a small percentage of leads as opposed to if you're actively going out every day connecting to a hundred dentists, your profile better say, I'm the dentist business coach. Because you know what? Those dentists want to know, do you even know my industry? Do you know the learning curve? Have you walked in my shoes? Have you ever worked with another dentist? They don't want a generalist. They want a specialist. And so I can't emphasize that enough. You can hedge your bets on LinkedIn with your profile lower down in the experience section. But if you want to get results, if you really want to do well, pick one or two audiences, go outbound, reach out to them, start relationships. And that's really where the business is. And that's the key is, Getting out of this mindset of I have to appeal to everyone, it has to be a resume, I have to please every different audience ever possible and just go, no, I'm using this as a sales tool. Who's an audience I want to go after right now? I'm going to focus on them. Six months from now, I might change audiences. Great. It's a digital profile. Just change it. Yeah, that's the beauty of this. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. And I think it's important for people to understand that it's very rare for your profile to just appear to somebody or yeah. for them to find you it's much more uh contingent on you reaching out to yes. connect with other people and so tell us your approach to uh customizing that invitation to connect because that's an important uh, i don't think it's a good idea for people to just click connect 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 yeah. Uh, without customizing it or personalizing it somewhat. So what are some things that you've seen work well there? Right. Yeah. This is a famous, famous approach that I've taken and had a lot of success with is you've really got to do personalized one-on-one -on -one marketing. Just like if you walked in and met me for coffee or met me at a bar, you would start asking me questions. Where are you from? Do you have a family? Where did you go to school? Do you have a favorite sports team? You would break the ice. You wouldn't just walk in and go, Hi, John, I'm Meredith Bell. I'd like to coach you. Here are my rates. <laughs> you know, like, whoa, where's the professional courtship? You know, and all, or you, you wouldn't walk in without any context and just, you know, ask me for 15 minutes of my time. So when you reach out to someone on LinkedIn, what I love about LinkedIn, it's got 600 million members, 200 different countries, two new members join every second. And what LinkedIn has done in a brilliant fashion, in very big brother kind of fashion, they've collected every scrap of data that we've entered into our profiles. So you can reverse engineer that with LinkedIn searches to say, oh, I'm a business coach. I wanna target dentists in this location uh, who went to this university, who have this many years of experience, who you know, have this many employees. Now, when you refine that search, you can reach out to each dentist on the list say it's dentists in Detroit, Michigan, and say they're dentists in Detroit, Michigan that went to the University of Michigan. Just as an example, you can niche down a LinkedIn search that much. Now I can go to each dentist on that list, send an invite that says, hey Fred, hey Sally, hey Bill, uh, hope life in Detroit's treating you well, PS, go blue, thought I'd reach out to connect because I work with a lot of dentists, cheers. Like that's a great icebreaker invite. They're immediately intrigued. Their curiosity is immediately piqued because they're thinking, wow, this person took time to look at it, uh, to do some icebreakers. And one thing I learned too, Meredith, and how to influence people is, you know what everyone's favorite topic is? It's themselves, right? Like you want to ask me about my hobbies and passions and sports teams? I'll go all day. Like you're the greatest. You're, this is a great conversation. You're asking me all about hockey, you know? Or, and so one of the examples, I'll tell a quick story to drive this home how this turns into business. I call it the Senate and Jerome story. And I basically, 
I was looking for that collection executives to connect with to sell my marketing services back in 2012. And one gentleman I came across, he lived in Connecticut or worked in Connecticut. And I don't know anything about the East Coast really, but I love college sports. And so I looked at where he went to college or university, he went to the University of Pittsburgh. And it was in the 1980s. And I was like, what do I know about the University of Pittsburgh in the 1980s? Well, I'm a college sports fan. And I remember they had a great basketball team uh, and the Pitt Panthers. And I remember, oh, yeah, there was this famous play. One of their players, Jerome Lane, went up and dunked the ball during a game that was on national TV. And the announcer, Bill Rafferty, had this iconic call. And he's like, send it in, Jerome. Because when he dunked it, the glass backboard shattered and everyone cheered. And the arena. I remember I was a kid watching it in Minnesota, like, whoa, like, if it was today, it would be a viral YouTube clip. But anyway, I'm like, okay. So in 10 seconds, I looked at this guy's profile, saw he went to Pitt during the 80s. Surely he remembers send it in Jerome. So I sent him an invite. Hey, wanted to reach out to connect. P.S. Do you remember send it in Jerome? And he accepts the invite. Now, remember, I have a client facing profile that says, I help debt collectors get all these benefits. He's a debt collector. You know, oh, okay, this guy's all about me. Gets this personal invite. He's curious, he looks at my profile, sees I can serve him, writes me back a LinkedIn message, and he says, I was at the game, oh, <laughs> like, Jerome, like I was a student, I was at the game, I'll never forget it. And so then I sent him back a YouTube clip of the video, and he's like, oh man, the memories, you know? I could almost hear the song Glory Days playing in the background from Bruce Springsteen, right? He's back in college, he's having fun, we're bantering, we're breaking the ice about a non-work topic. That took me 10 seconds to come up with on a LinkedIn invite. And now it pivots into the business side because he looks at my profile. He sees I'm all about him. I offer all the services to help him get what, get what he wants. And he says, hey, I looked at your profile. I'm really impressed. We're actually looking for marketing help for our agency. Can we have a call tomorrow? Sure. So we have a call, close a $10,000 contract that next day. And it was really because it was so niche and it was so personalized. Because when I asked him, I was auditing clients at the end of that year why did you choose me? Was it my website, my logo, my brochure, you know? <laughs> and he goes, no, man, it was send it in Jerome. Like, I just knew you'd be really fun to work with. We hit it off. And he goes, I knew that if you were that personalized in marketing to me, that you'd help us do that with our clients. Show us how to do that on LinkedIn with the hospital executives we want to collect debt for. And I'm like, yeah, we can do that. And so that's an example of personalizing that engagement on LinkedIn, one-on-one -on -one messaging, really instead of trying to do kind of the salesy approach or just blasting things out. And it's harder to do and it takes more time, but it's what works in real life. And it also works, imagine this, online because it's how humans interact, right? That is such a fabulous story. And I love it for a number of reasons. One, it shows the importance of taking time to look at someone's profile to see where might there be some common ground and interest. I think sometimes the pressure is on, you know, to reach out to a lot of people and it's all a numbers game. And what you just illustrated with that story is no, it's, it's better to slow down, take your time and do a quality invitation that says to the person, because you didn't say, oh, I went to your profile and I looked. You didn't give all that preliminary stuff. You just jumped right to send it in Jerome. And he knew then that you knew mm -hmm. he had gone to, to Pitt without you having to say it. And so that kind of connection 
and credibility, it's amazing to me what that does to build trust because instantly it conveyed to him, probably on a subconscious level, a lot of different things about you, which you mentioned, you know, that he said you'd be fun. But I just think we need to really um, hammer that home because people feel pressured to get the numbers. It, and there's nothing worse than getting a generic script that just basically says, hey, you're a number to me. I'm trying to peddle some services. There's something about just taking the time to make a comment. For example, as we're recording this, I'm in Minnesota. We just fired the general manager of our hockey team. That's all I can talk about online. You know, So it's like if someone who's a hockey fan, it doesn't have to be sports, connect with me on LinkedIn and said, hey, did your team find a new general manager? I'd be like, let me tell you everything I think. You know, and all of a sudden we're having this fun banter because he's taken enough time to look and know I'm a nut about hockey. And it could be sailing. It could be reading. It could be the city I live in. And, and it's just there is. There's a psychological connection there's a level there that also separates you from 99% of people connecting on LinkedIn. You know, oh, I just get all these invites and all these pitches. And here you actually asked me about where I went to college and what I think of living in this city. Or you mentioned you also worked at this company and, you know, or no, and it's just what we forget Meredith is we're marketing to human beings. That's like, right. You can't market toward humans with algorithms and scripts. You have to bring in, the emotional and the real hard part about this that so many of my clients struggle with is how do I overlay the real life enjoyable fun to hang out with Meredith Bell into a LinkedIn message how do I do that right how how do I not sound stiff and formal or salesy and it's it's really the secret is what you mentioned earlier it's conversational it's having a conversational tone in these one-on-one -on -one messages and the way that I found that it works really well and I talk about this all the time inside the LinkedIn training, Rich's training, so you know, but the money's in the mailbox. The money is in these one-on-one -on -one interactions, the bantering, the personality, where you can share a funny, you know, gif emoji or a crack an inside joke that you have with this connection about where they live and the weather. And, you know, there's a real format too, where you, you, you know, engage with someone, you break the ice, and then step two is you can ask permission curious are you looking for blank and that's where i'll say you know a benefit are you looking to generate more leads with linkedin i know you're a coach are you looking for that and then i'll say the reason i ask is i have blank some sort of free resource a free webinar a free book a free whatever uh if you'd like this is where you ask permission i'm happy to share the information or the link if not no worries and you take the pressure off and this is a script i've developed called messaging magic these four parts you ask a question you offer a free resource and then you um, take off any pressure and you just break the ice. Like you make it very conversational. You don't spam people with links. You don't ask for time. That's another big thing with LinkedIn is people will connect with you and immediately ask for a phone call. And it's like, let's have a little professional courtship. You know, I'm not going to marry you yet. My <laughs> most valuable asset as a prospect is my time. I don't know you yet. You didn't even ask me if I'd be interested in, coaching help right now. Maybe I don't need help. Maybe I already have a coach. Why didn't you ask me? So if I'm a coach and I'm marketing to dentists in Detroit, I'm breaking the ice, talking about Detroit and the University of Michigan. And then I'm saying, curious, do you have a coach right now or are you ever looking for coaching? The reason I ask is I love working with dentists as a business coach. In fact, if you're interested, I've got a great free case study on how I helped a dentist in Michigan 
you know, increased revenue 6,000%. If you like, I can share a link to the PDF or if this isn't of interest to you or not a focus, no worries, right? And then you just stay connected. You try again a month later. This is how you build these relationships and people respect that because you're asking permission and you're letting them qualify themselves and kind of self-select and that's where the content comes in to really capture their attention with great stories and what I call infotainment, right? Informing them and entertaining them and kind of getting them to know, like, and trust you. Because coaches and consultants, they have to know you. They have to like you. They have to feel an emotional, I would like to have a beer or a coffee with you type of connection. Because mm -hmm. I'm not going to hire a coach that I wouldn't go have a beer with. <laughs> like, why? I, I'm investing my life into you. I've got to really know you. And it's hard to do that online. Uh, unless you take that conversational approach. Well, you just packed in a lot of content and value there <clears throat> in your last statements. And I want to make sure people really get this because we've all been inundated with people who request to connect with us. And then immediately, it just seems like it's more and more prevalent now, you know, are trying to sell, oh, you need this. Well, how do you know? You know? Right. Like you say, there's been no effort to get to know anything about me. And a lot of times they haven't even looked at my profile because they think I'm a coach, which I'm not. Um, we have tools that are used by coaches, but I can always tell they haven't done any real reading of this to get to know me at all. But what you were saying, I have found also to be so true that because uh, I used to put links in. You know, if you'd like to have a conversation, just use my calendar link. Or if you'd like to get this free, whatever it is, just use this link. I don't do that anymore either. I learned that from you. The idea of asking permission makes a huge difference because then you see who's really raising their hand and that you can have a nice conversation with from there and follow up and ask. In fact, recently I had uh, sent um, an invitation to people to get this free thing. And those that had said, yes, I sent a follow-up email a month or two later saying, did you have a chance to read it? I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And some have turned into sales conversations yeah. because of that follow-up. And I think that that sequence of, of patience, taking your time and recognizing that you can't rush this. But one of the things I want you to go a little bit deeper in, because this is a true power tool, this idea of a case study. Mm -hmm. So talk about how you advise, because I know you've worked one-on-one -on -one with a number of consultants where you've helped them pull out their stories, pull out these success case studies, and how you encourage them to use those on LinkedIn. Yeah, this is a great a great analogy because I just did this with a client who got a five-figure contract in less than seven days. And so here's what we did. She came to me. She said, uh, her name is Melissa Thibodeau. She says, I can share all that publicly. And you can look her up on LinkedIn. And I mention her all the time in training calls. But Melissa came to me and said, hey, you know, I'm going to go out on my own as a consultant. Um, I'm not really sure yet of how to niche myself. I said, well, tell me your story. Well, I worked in the staffing agency industry for decades and I was a star performer and I had all the success. So she initially says to me, Meredith, she goes, well, so I'm thinking maybe I'll market myself to HR people or, or employers and help them with company culture and, you know, hiring practices. I said, that's really good, but you were like a total rock star in staffing, right? She's like, oh yeah, you know, I took one branch from 600,000 a year to 48 million and it only took like 48 months or four years. I'm like, what? Or it was something like 
six hundred grand to I think sixteen million in revenue in four years that she did with a failing brand. I'm like, that is a case study. Like, why are we making this hard? Like, go to the people where you've already already walked in their shoes and had success and sell and tell that story. So what we did was we niched Melissa to staffing agencies. We said she is a staffing agency consultant. What I do, I help staffing agencies increase revenue, retain top performers, and improve their bottom line by providing decades of industry-specific experience and success. You know, and so we we redo her profile to niche into staffing agency owners, and then we write a case study. And it's very easy because she just tells a story. You know, it started with a five-dollar Starbucks gift card. What did? Oh, this forty-eight million dollar change or whatever it was, and it was about her approach to building and turning around this failing staffing branch. And so what we did with this case study is we followed three very simple things that I put into my content marketing approach, which is what it was like, what the situation was, what happened, what did you do to improve it and what it's like now. And so for Melissa, it was just a three part story. What it was like, the uh, branch she got put in charge of was failing. Uh, what happened? She did these different techniques and things to improve it, starting with a $5 gift card. And then what it's like now, you know, it's up to 16 million a year. I mean, how many ever million percent growth that is? And what we did then to connect it to LinkedIn was client facing profile for staffing agencies, case study, how I took a staffing agency from 600 grand to 16 million in 48 months. And then we sent that and invited staffing agency owners that she connected with, hey, curious, are you looking for any tips on how to grow your agency, how to grow up or turn around a failing branch? If you are, I have a great case study, happy to share the link. Yes, some people said yes. And the interesting thing here, Meredith, is she didn't get thousands of views. She didn't get hundreds of likes. But the people that did read it, one of them within the first seven days of publishing it, called her on the phone said, I'm in Orlando, what's it gonna cost for me to fly you down for two days to train my entire office? I name, like basically like name your price. Like, and she's like, I don't know what to do. I just started my business. Like, help me price this out. I'm like, all right, we'll figure it out. Say yes, say yes, you know, yeah, make up a number, you know? So this is the power of connecting with people. This is what I did with the debt collectors. This is what you can do with content and case studies. Because again, case studies are so powerful if they show that transformation, what it was like, what happened and what it's like now. And if you can do that for dentists in Detroit to show how a struggling dentist in Michigan used your techniques to, you know, get to this over this hump, other dentists are going to go, Oh, cool. You did it for him or her. You can do it for me. And that's what this person who read Melissa's case study was like, I want you to do for my failing branch, what you did for that one. Very. Yeah, that, that is, that is so great. And I want to just give a couple of examples real quickly because we have two case studies of people that have used one of our products one yeah. hospital and one with a credit union and so i wrote up the case study but i'm the star of it is the consultant who actually worked with that organization and so now they are connecting i'll give the credit union as an example he's connecting with other credit union executives and part of his follow-up to after connecting with them is give, asking them if they'd like to see a case study of work he's done Beautiful. with another credit union. So it's exactly that same model. And what I'm thinking that would be so valuable to our listeners is for them to 
think about clients they've helped, go get a case study, write it up, and then that will guide them as to who they should be connecting with on LinkedIn is other executives that are in that same industry so that they can see how this person helped that industry. It's that whole niching thing, but niching around a case study that um, I just think would make it so easy for them to get a connection. Yeah, and just tie it to the benefits they want. The, the pain points and the benefits are all very similar typically. So, you know, in Melissa's case, it's how do I get more profit and revenue out of a branch? How do I retain these top performers? How do I improve morale? How do I systematize? So she knew, she's like, this is what you need to do. I'm like, just put it into one good story. Yeah. Think about the evening news. They never just say, well, you know, test scores are up 8,000%, you know, in this district. They go and show you a student at a desk and they tell you the story and they interview the mom saying, yeah, little Sally really is doing good with studying. Like, they humanize it. And so you've mm-hmm. got to humanize your approach. And ideally, you do it with content that also helps people get to know, like, and trust you so that your personality comes through. This is the other big thing I want to make sure our listeners and viewers hear is your biggest advantage in the marketplace as a coach, consultant, anything else, your biggest advantage is you. It's your personality. It's your style of communication. It's the journey you've been on. It's the unique things that you've done. You've got to really leverage that as part of your personal brand because let's face it, everything's commoditized. There's a million LinkedIn trainers you can pick. There's a million coaches. There's a million consultants that can do the same things you do. Why are people going to choose you? Because they like you, because they know you, because they feel like, you know what? I just love talking to Meredith. Every time I leave, I just feel happy. Like, this is awesome. She gives us great content and I just love her personality and we laugh and it's always fun. And like, that's because you've put your brand out, right? And people know what they're getting. And so Mm -hmm. the more you put your personality into your content, whether you do a podcast, video, you know, sharing authentic photos of yourself, you know, oh, here I am in my 80s gear, you know, whatever. Like, I just, I have a lot of self-deprecation and humor in my content because that's me. I'm nuts, right? And it's like, if you want a real stiff, formal LinkedIn trainer, there's plenty of those. But if you want a goofball who's going to do 80s jokes and pop culture references, that's me, right? It's, it's similar techniques and similar strategies, but it's connecting with the teacher, connecting with the consultant. And the only way someone can do that online and bridge that gap is you've got to put yourself out there. You've got to share your authentic self, share your journey, share your story, share your passions. You will attract people that it resonates with. You will attract the right type yes. of clients. And more importantly, you will repel clients that would not be a good fit because they don't yes. enjoy your sense of humor or they don't like 80s jokes or whatever. Like you, I've repelled a lot of people, thank goodness. That would have been terrible fits for me and would have been nightmare clients. But I've attracted these great clients. We laugh the whole time. We still get tons of work done. We crush it. We achieve our goals. But we have fun because they came into my world through content that said, oh, I like this person. This is just like me or oh, I could see us hanging out, having fun. And that's a key thing with coaching consulting is you've got to really connect at that emotional level. Great, great point. And, you know, we're running up on our time, but I do want you to take just a minute because your content marketing made easy book is so packed with great information on how to develop and, and use and repurpose content. But you have one favorite type of content. <laughs> 
that you know you feel like has been your secret weapon so i can't let you go without sharing what that is yeah i just got a, a five figure sales conversation today from this uh from books from books it's this book see how thin for the viewers like it's very thin i think it's like it's not even it's like 110 pages this book has brought in so much revenue because there is no better content marketing machine on the planet than a book. So for example, you know, people go on Amazon all the time and they're not shopping, they're looking for solutions. They're using it like a search engine. So people go on Amazon every day and type in LinkedIn book, LinkedIn marketing tips. This pops up, they buy it for a dollar, they've spent then all this time getting to know, like, and trust me, you connect that to a funnel, which is you want more training, online bonus videos, opt into my email list, get more content, come for a free webinar. And then even in real life, books are great. Think about the power of handing someone a business card versus handing them your book, right? Like I printed up with, you know, print on demand, self-publishing. I printed up 400 copies of this content marketing machine and 400 copies of LinkedIn Riches. And I went to one of the biggest conferences in the world, social media marketing world, where I was speaking on LinkedIn and I walked the concourse for three days handing out books. Everyone was like, what? You're going to give me a free book? Like it was like I was handing out gold, Meredith. Like nobody does that, right? Like a whole book, you don't want to just give me a business card or a flyer. Like, yeah, I'll take a free book. Like I'll read this on the plane. And what happens is people hang on to books. There's authority. There's credibility. There's, you're at a different level. You're at a different level, especially as a coach or consultant. You know, you can be introduced as, oh, she literally wrote the book on LinkedIn. It's called LinkedIn Riches or whatever. Or she literally wrote a book on leadership and she's a leadership coach. Like, think of the power of that as opposed to just online content. So, yes, books I'm fanatical about. Obviously, it comes from my roots as a kid, son of two English teachers and all the reading. But there's power in those audiobooks, you know, print books that cannot be replicated. I've never found a better way to market my business than books. So that brings us to our wrap up, which is how can people learn about you and get copies of your book? Right. And I give away the books for free. Like that's how good of a lead magnet they are. So if you go to linkedinriches.com, you can get a free digital or audiobook copy of LinkedIn Riches, linkedinriches.com. And then if you go to contentmarketingmachine.com, you can get a free digital copy of Content Marketing Made Easy. And so those are the places to learn about me, linkedinriches.com for all the LinkedIn stuff, the free book, contentmarketingmachine.com for that book and all those free tips. And I practice what I preach, Meredith. I just give away tons of content, tons of value, pump in the personality, and then I let people come to me to say, I love it. How do I work with you? And it's a great model because it's authentic and it's genuine and it's the best model too for coaches and consultants. There's just nothing better than great content a niche brand, it's just much easier and seamless to, to really do well. Well, you're pre-selling your services. They are pre-selling their services by showing, I know my stuff. And so there's no proof that you have to do. You're, the sales process is so much easier because they have come to see you already as is, an authority. Yeah, this is the big thing. My, my final big point is, so many people online today claim authority. I'm a ninja, I'm a guru, I'm a leadership expert. Much harder to demonstrate it. Demonstrate authority and you're ahead of 99% of the pack online. 
and demonstrate it through a book, a podcast, a blog, a video. And people, like you said, Meredith, they're pre-sold. They come in and go, I read your book. It was amazing. How do I just give you money to work with you? <laughs> like, you know, because I want what you're teaching. I know it's going to work. I love your stories. And that's the beautiful thing about this is you have that opportunity now without any gatekeepers in your way to publish a book, publish a video, publish a podcast. For those of us that remember the 80s, Meredith, you couldn't do that, right? You need, oh, no. you need a TV channel. Like now the world is our oyster. We just have to go out and do it. That's great. John, you have delivered, just as I knew you would, lots of great, valuable information. People will probably want to watch this or listen to it more than once because there were so many how-tos. And I highly recommend both of his books. Take advantage. What he's saying is so true. John is a real giver when it comes to amazing content. And so if you want to do it yourself, you can learn the steps. He gives it all. And so I just highly recommend it doing that. Thank you, John. It's been such a pleasure having you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com to learn how our tools can increase your impact with clients and expand your business. And while you're there, grab our free ebook, The Five Secrets to Getting Better at Anything. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell. Make it a great day.